This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to The B-Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah. I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations on pop's place in our world. And the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go. Okay. Welcome to The B-Sides, everyone. How are we all doing? Hi. Hey, doing great as literally always. How are as you? forever and always. Haven't had a bad mood all year. <laughs> Love that take. Did you guys see the TikTok rumor? I don't know if this was on TikTok, but I saw it on TikTok that Taylor Swift will be releasing her third album on April 30th. Wait, third, the third, the third sister? The third sister. Wait, are you serious? Like Woodvale? I don't know. There's some theory with like the clocks being set in some video. And also April 30th is 130 days. I think whatever the math was between folklore and Everlore. It's Evermore. like distant from Evermore. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. And um, it's also the way a clock was set in something. I forgot what it was. I'm not fully remembering. I thought that was debunked, but also the thing about time is like you can't debunk something that's going to happen in the future until like that day passes, you know? So I really remember that feeling when everyone was talking about whether or not the world would end in 2012. And I remember being Mm -hmm. like, it won't, but it's like you can't prove it until you wake up in 2012 and you're still alive, you know? Yeah. One of my friends was like very into that (laughs) conspiracy theory. And she was like, she was like, but if we know the world's going to end, then we're going to like live every day differently and stuff. And I was like, but we won't know until we know. And then it will be, it'll be too late to live like 2010 that way. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Shout out to the Till the World Ends remix. Britney, Nicki Minaj, Kesha, an incredibly underrated pre-2012 apocalypse banger. I've said I've said some words about Femme Fatale, the era, but that's true. I've got to hand it to that song. Yeah. Well, you're listening to this on April 28th, or maybe you're listening to this on April 30th, and you can tell us whether or not the third album was released. But it does go back to me spending hours scrolling on TikTok, and my algorithm now is set to Taylor Swift conspiracy theories, so it is all I get, and pretty much what we're going to be talking about today um our favorite app that's maybe just my favorite app it's what gen i am gen z we are one um i find that i spend hours on tiktok just scrolling dances i have now gone into harrowing tales of someone else's breakup tiktok which is fun um dogs doing goofy things i tried to get my dog a tiktok i felt i don't know the algorithm is so confusing um but TikTok has had a major impact beyond just how I spend my hour and a half before bed. Um, it's 
shape literally the sound of pop music, what's on our top charts, and even manufactured some quote-unquote musicians. And we're going to talk all about that today, right after this ad break. Today's episode is sponsored by Chuan Skincare. Chuan Skincare is an affordable, handcrafted skincare line made from all natural ingredients. Ada, the founder and our new friend, was inspired to start her business after she became a caregiver for her dad. Balancing that with work and life was a lot, which caused her skin to go wild and break out. So she came up with her own skincare line and decided to name her brand after her dad. She sources all her ingredients from reputable sources, and every product is handcrafted and packaged sustainably. This all happens while she's listening to pop music. She's super transparent. She loves to dispel skincare myths and recognize that the beauty and wellness industry is not diverse, inclusive, or representative. She donates to social justice organizations, pays her beta testers for their labor, and makes sure her content represents diverse customers. So because of all of that, we stand already. But then she sent us two products to try. First, the signature clay mask. And second, the brand new powder cleansers. So for the powder cleansers, they are made from five nourishing ingredients. They're also super gentle and they're travel friendly for, you know, whenever we can do that again. And much better for the environment than a foaming or gel cleanser because they're made of powder. So to celebrate the launch of Chuan Skincare's new powder cleansers, Ada is offering 15% off all of her skincare products for our listeners. Go to chuanskincare.com and use code B-Sides for 15% off. Offer valid until June 30th. That code is B-S-I-D-E-S. FYI, CastBox is our preferred podcast player for Android users. So give it a shot if you're looking for an intuitive, easy-to-use product app. And iPhone users... Don't you worry. You can download CastBox, too. Download CastBox and then subscribe to the B-Sides there. What's especially fun about CastBox is that you can comment on episodes right in the app. So comment on today's episode with your thoughts on TikTok. We're back. So for those of you who may be unfamiliar with TikTok, I don't know if you are, but if you are, it's an app that allows users to record short videos up to 60 seconds on a variety of topics from dances to education to comedy and honestly like so much more and as much as I think my brain has probably melted on the app I I do think I've learned a few things like I learned this really good cauliflower crust bread recipe from Gwen if you're if you guys watch Gwen she's great uh mom out in Chicago and how to deal with grief I got on grief TikTok uh was very therapeutic it's a fun distraction that doesn't give me FOMO the way that Instagram can. So I find it to be like a more relaxing social media tool in a way. Um, Hannah and Mimi, what's your relationship to TikTok? Okay, well, I'm going to start off by saying that I used to love Vine so much. Like I have certain friends where we would occasionally watch Vine compilations for like an hour at a time two hours sometimes, like a Vine movie, essentially. Um, And it seems like it's always seemed to me TikTok has like kind of the next generation of that, but much more complex in a way that I don't understand. I understand it way less. And I downloaded it. I didn't download it till last spring, I think. And that was only because of quarantine. And I hardly ever directly go on it. Um, I do love when people send me curated TikToks or they put them on their Instagram stories because I think that like Vine, at least some of the time, 
it's it's like some of the best comedy that you can find on the internet and becky i think it's a really good point that there are like a ton of different topics and approaches to it and i think that rules um especially when like a lot of other platforms at least to me feel sort of feel stale so um yeah i at the same time like i do also feel when i'm on it or when i'm watching too many that like on this like visceral level the like frenzied short attention spans that we all have so that is not great um you know but i think it's a good source of entertainment and especially through quarantine and um there are some people i know who have like really specific personalities and senses of humor and they have said that the algorithm has their personality down to a T, which is both like kind of cool and also very scary. It's both. I also downloaded it in like early quarantine 2020 season one of quarantine um, to get more like on the grid. And I have not enjoyed it. I really enjoy curated TikToks, like exactly what you're saying, Mimi, meaning Instagram stories that share TikToks when either of you text me TikToks, like stuff like that, I love, but I have found almost nothing on it. And I've like really, really tried like nothing on it that keeps me staying on it. I'm, I spent an entire afternoon once just searching the word Taylor Swift and then liking every video that came up so that I could teach it that I liked Taylor Swift content. And then I did the same thing. I I did the same thing with Ariana Grande also. And I never, get it. I don't understand. I I feel like my personality is really easy to understand. And I just, it doesn't get me. Um, but I love the funny TikToks, which I miss RIP Vine so much, but I always find them on Instagram and Twitter instead. Like I don't find them on TikTok. And then the other perspective of this that I brought to your question, Becky, that's a little more like loaded and emotional for me. TBH is as a creator. So like the B-Sides has a TikTok account. I think we have like I think we have good TikToks. I like our TikToks. Um, and you know, like they don't do well. And that just is what it is. I, I don't expect to go viral on TikTok anytime soon. Um, but that has certainly colored my opinion of it because the people who go viral on TikTok are usually helped by the algorithm in a way that doesn't actually lead them to have concrete tips, if that makes sense. Like it's just, it seems kind of random sometimes. I mean, the truth is, if our shit was funnier, it would probably do better. And like, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but, um, that has definitely colored. It, it feels like a harder app for me to get into because as a creator, it has been really like not fun. So I don't like it, Becky. It's hard. I just don't, I don't get the algorithm. Why we're not Addison Ray and she's Addison Ray. Yeah. And I think we're not supposed to, like, it's supposed to be this black box of like, who knows what could happen, you know, Mm -hmm. like the American dream. Oh, um, yes. So, but yeah, that is frustrating. So, okay. Good things, bad things, rotting our brains in ways that have yet to be seen. Um, But in addition to that, you know, a big part of why we're here today is that TikTok has transformed the way music is literally made. And I don't think anyone has taught me more about this than Becky has. Like the, I actually didn't realize at first that the longest a TikTok can be is 60 seconds. I should have known that. I think I actually thought it was shorter, but that even that is like a third of the length of a full song you'd hear on the radio. And so 
snippets of songs have become critical for a song's viral success. You know, it's got to be an earworm off the bat in some way. And it's no longer about the full art of one song and kind of like about the progression in a traditional sense. It's about what can be packaged into at most 60 seconds. And the song that comes to mind that was really everywhere last spring when a lot of us really got on here um, is Say So by Doja Cat. Yeah, when quarantine first started, like you could not escape the internet without hearing uh, Doja Cat wistfully sing. I'm not even going to try to sing it, but day to night to morning, keep with me in the moment. I'd let you had I known it. Why don't you say so? I heard that quick little snippet so many times. I literally forgot that there were other parts of that song. And then I actually heard the rest of the song and I was caught off guard because if you've listened to it, it doesn't really sound like the part that went viral on TikTok. Uh, I just think you guys, there's probably other songs like that too. The song that comes to mind for me is How You Like That by Blackpink, which I knew from TikTok. And then when we did the Blackpink episode of this podcast, which was a really fun episode we did with Victor Car- Carlesi, um, I listened to the whole song many times, but still the like, how you like that, da 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 whatever. I also shouldn't try to recreate it, um, is like the part of the TikTok sample piece that is still the most memorable to me that it almost felt like, unnecessarily long to hear it as a full three and a half minute song except for actually like it's not unnecessarily long that's how long songs are yeah it's really weird because you know it's like your brain has now rewarded you for knowing like the this like 15 second clip of it very well and then the rest of it is like which is bizarre that's not the way songs usually go um I okay so in addition to say so and Blackpink, which I love that rendition every time, Hannah. So, you know, God bless. Um, the other one, <laughs> the other one that I remember like being absolutely everywhere at the same time as Say So is um, the Savage remix, of course, with Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. And then there's like another one I'm thinking of that's different because like the three minute song didn't come first. Um, it's just like a little tune that started on TikTok around the same time. And it was like the board in the house one. It was like, I'm bored in the house. I'm in the house board. And then, you know, it was like a guy who made that and it was like 18 seconds long. And then um, Tyga and Curtis Roach made a full three minute song from it. And like, you know, the, the actual creator was like featured in the video and stuff. And I thought that was kind of cute, but sort of like the opposite progression, which was interesting. And for some artists, what happens next is TikTok even forces them to change the title of their viral songs once they hit viral success. So as an example, on March 3rd, the electronic producer Surf Mesa's song ILY debuted on Spotify's global viral chart, largely in part because of TikTok. And the song had over 7,000 song plays a day. But the artist quickly discovered that when a person searched, I love you, baby, Surf Mesa on TikTok, nothing was coming up. So that made the artist change the name of the song to I love you, baby, instead of ILY, so that it was easier to search and equated to more hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a song that goes 
I love you, baby. But like the modern version. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it rips off them. So this sort of move also gives the artists a lot more power than they may have had before because previously, um, you know, in the more traditional way of things in the industry, an artist would typically have to rely on a label's resources and network to get their name out there. Um, Maybe they wouldn't even do that. And so now an artist can just like upload their single song onto TikTok and bypass all the radio stations, Um, which I think is especially interesting now that, you know, a lot of people, I would imagine that people have listened to less radio in the last year, Um, but can't say for sure. Um, So there, yeah, in a sense, there's like a moment where they're more powerful without the quote unquote machine behind them. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair. I would imagine that people listen to the radio more when they were in their cars. They're just not in their cars as much. I mean, you look at someone like Ty Verdes, who rose to fame with his viral hit, Stuck in the Middle, which you may not know the title, but if you heard it, you would be like, oh, that song. It's all over TikTok. Um, He had appeared on countless reality shows, including The Voice and American Idol, but he never quite made it far. But then one day in the summer of 2020, he quote-unquote won the lottery his song stuck in the middle had gotten 4.5 million streams reached to the number one spot on spotify viral 50 chart and they talk about this in a side the fact that there is even a viral chart is crazy um, and shows the power of all of these social media tools um he had gotten a dozen gotten over dozens of record deal offers from that small clip of the one minute for that song before eventually landing with Arista Records. In the interview, he credits his success to TikTok. I didn't have a part in the old music industry at all. It was me doing stuff, no one listening. Then TikTok made people listen. So when this happens, when we talk about this, there's a part of me that gets so nervous because it's a crapshoot. Like it feels kind of unfair that suddenly because of an algorithm, someone becomes viral or famous. But then I remember that Actually, what's unfair is the way things operate as business as usual, right? Which is like someone gets a record deal somehow, sometimes through talent, a lot of times not. And this is actually a more democratizing force in pop music. I just have to kind of like remind that to myself because sometimes I feel like, oh no, this is such a crapshoot. Like, how does it actually make sure that the best rises to the top? And the status quo certainly doesn't do that, so... Might as well go to social media. That is true. But if, you know, any of us think that artists are making money off these songs hand over fist, we would have to think again. Um, Becky had found this statistic from the Musicians Union estimating that artists ultimately make around 10 to 15 percent of the total profit generated from TikTok. So much of that money just goes to TikTok. And if they sign with a label because of their newfound fame, a big chunk will go to the label instead of the talent. Because in this world, we value the company over the artist. Um, And this whole idea reminds me of just like the way that more and more companies and apps you know, here, here where we live under accelerated or late capitalism, whatever your preferred term is, like from Uber to Airbnb to TikTok, all of them 
extract from people's personal resources that they don't pay anything for. So like it could be drivers, hosts, TikTok users, personal resources, because it's your car, it's your house or apartment, it's your props, you know, and companies just directly make money off of all of that before or without any sort of like sponsorship or anything. And in like newer and increasingly insidious ways. And so in like one sense, TikTok is democratizing because it's like, yes, you can use your own resources to garner a platform. And then at the same time, like that, that cut that TikTok probably takes is like enormous to me. TikTok in the same vein has also dictated what we saw and heard on the charts this past year. In, for example, Dreams from Fleetwood Mac returned to the Billboard charts in 2020. I think if you had told them that, they'd be like, what the fuck? Um, and that's all because of that guy skateboarding and drinking his cranberry juice. That was one of my favorite talks. That was a really good one. Um, and then we learned like more about him as time went on. And that was also sweet. But yeah, I mean, part of this power, the power to bring Dreams back after 40 plus years comes from TikTok's unique ability to push something into saturation. So, um, you know, in this NPR piece about TikTok, Mikhail Wood said, and I quote, the way that TikTok works is it shows you videos just sort of in an endless scroll. And once a song starts happening in a big way, then people are making videos with the song. And then more people make videos with the song. And then more people make videos with the song. So TikTok people, even in the company, told me that you could hear the same song in five different videos in five minutes, which is a kind of exposure that you would never get on top 40 radio, end quote. So even the songs that are most overplayed on the radio never get played like this. And I also think that's an interesting point about how like other songs are then boxed out, obviously. Um, And on Spotify, the algorithm sends you songs based on what you've already listened to. And so that is a bit of a closed loop. Um, Whereas still on TikTok, there's a much higher chance that you hear a song that's not at all your music taste simply because it's viral, whether you like it already or not. Right. And I think another dynamic that, of course, contributes to the saturation you're describing, Mimi, the saturation, which leads to more dances, leads to more hits, leads to virality and, and money, although not as much as we might think. I think another dynamic there is that TikTok is built for showing off, right? So that's, you know, when what this, what this commenter was saying about how people make it their own. I think it's really interesting that this is a platform all about showing off. I think it's mostly a good thing in terms of accomplishing TikTok's goals, Um, And when it comes to music, what's interesting is like music taste is a part of people's identity and it's something that they want to show off. So in a time when social media is all about crafting and displaying identity, although, well, I'll get to another, another aspect of that, but social media, you know, people want to kind of tell people who they are through social media. So it's a huge element. And then before TikTok to show off on social media with music you might like take a selfie video while dancing or a selfie video at a concert or while driving in a car with your friends. Or there might be the very small group of people who take music on social media really seriously, like they sing covers, for example, which ultimately is a very small group of people. So what TikTok does 
is it creates this whole set of opportunities in the middle of those two. Like it's, it's in the middle of taking a selfie video at a concert and doing a cover on YouTube, right? Tons of people now can engage with music, especially through dances. And now the flip side to that for me personally is that because TikTok is made for showing off, it's not really about connecting with individuals. Like, yes, there's comments and there's DMs and like you can stitch and stuff. So there's like certainly connection happening, but that's part of why I don't think that TikTok can be the app to replace Facebook and Instagram or Twitter because it's really focused on your content and not as focused on connecting with others. And I think like the social media apps that keep us in them always are things that do both. Yeah, I think what you mentioned also to Hannah is part of the reason why TikTok doesn't give me the same fear of missing out the way that um, Instagram does and maybe even Twitter, but more so Instagram. And maybe that's because our generation doesn't use TikTok in the way that the other generations do. We don't have like people posting like group events the way that we do on Instagram. So I I find myself connecting with people I don't know more but I'm not actually connecting with them I'm just watching their video and I'm like oh I feel for you in a way that I don't do on Instagram yeah that could be and it it could be both like the megaphone aspect that you're kind of describing Hannah and also Becky like the generational element of it all although I imagine it would hurt to be not invited to a a hype house, although I would be relieved personally, but you know, if that's like your group of friends or say you think, um, but anyway, let's record scratch. Let's rewind for a second though, to 2019, the before times when little known Lil Nas X was just arriving on the scene on his horse specifically with the smash hit old town road and the song spread like wildfire. You couldn't avoid it. And much of that had to do with TikTok, where creators turned it into a meme and then used it in all kinds of videos. Um, And I actually remember like that summer, Hannah, we were trying to like figure out the song of the summer and we pulled people on the B-sides because we were like, we can't figure it out. And everyone was like, Old Town Road. And we were like, I was, you know, I was humiliated because it did have this ripple effect through TikTok where it skyrocketed to number one on the billboard charts and it was everywhere and it broke the record for the longest number one in billboard history um so i don't know some some people who we you know really love and respect now as serious artists um you know went through the tiktok channel in some way yeah and i mean look at the grammys this year stars like doja cat the baby and megan the stallion received countless nominations and in megan's case wins i don't think you can credit all of their grammy nominations to tiktok entirely but the platform for sure facilitated their successes i mean you all three artists lived on the top 100 charts and megan even got her song remixed with queen b and i really do think that had to do with tiktok i mean we talked about say so but uh, savage was everywhere and at the start of the pandemic too and in a year also conveniently the grammys faced a lot of pressure to include more artists of color tiktok gave them a plethora of options and i do think that's in the best way possible especially becky for the categories that were like song of the year album of the year record of the year which are kind of about 
like the Grammys want to give those um, or best new artists or something. They want to give those awards to the people who really like the songs that really captured culture, you know? And I think that's part of why um, I do think TikTok contributed to Megan's wins for that reason, for sure. Because it really like, it, they really captured the year. Yeah. Um, and also what we learned in 2020 was that 70 artists who went viral on TikTok ended up signing with record labels, which is actually kind of a lot, especially. So when you think about this was a year when we spent a majority of our time glued to our phones. Some of us were overly online. So it shouldn't really surprise us, I guess, that record labels went hunting for new blood there. For managers, for record labels, TikTok became a way to scoop up new talent without having to go to concerts or hear opening acts or go to their local clubs right? Like where else are they going to find talent if not their screens and also talent that is already has a built-in audience. So then we have to consider that some stars of TikTok fame come by this in a truly grassroots way, you know? Um, but of course, artists with big record labels are also doing well on the platform. This is not just the scrappy people. Like even in the say-so example that we've now talked about, we have to remember that Dr. Luke himself, yes, that asshole, co-wrote Say So under a fucking pseudonym, thinking that we would not know it was him. So this isn't like, you know, your Ty, what's his name, Becky? Ty Verdes? Was that right? Um, you know, that might be like a, a grassroots version, but Doja Cat, um, not to say she doesn't deserve it or doesn't deserve to have the power of a record label, but she had Dr. Luke writing a song, you know, like making sure that it that it did well unfortunate because I really like that song which it's the way it goes so all of this has been building up to the star of the hour let's let's get here already I will probably never call her this again but for now I will TikTok star Miss Addison Ray. now Addison got her start as a competitive dancer at a very young six years old and she started uploading dancing videos to TikTok in 2019 and then quickly after went viral. So I've got to give her credit there, not even like a pandemic move. She was already really on there pretty early on. And she joined the Hype House in December of 2019 and ascended very quickly to fame. She partnered with American Eagle. She hosted a podcast called Mama Knows Best. She launched her own cosmetic line. Um, she was recently cast in the upcoming remake of He's All That, and now, naturally, she's a pop star. Yes, a few weeks ago, Addison Rae released her song Obsessed, and she wrote the, she wrote the song with Jacob Kashner Hindland, famous uh, for his work with a lot of other pop stars, including our dearest Katy Perry. And I, I really tried to give the song a fair play. I really did, but I... I can't get into it. I find it super boring, doesn't really build, and like whatever the opposite of clever is. One reviewer, reviewer in Vulture said that it had whispers of Selena Gomez, which I honestly think is insulting to Selena. Uh, it's not nice to Selena, although I can hear similar similarities to her Look at Her Now song. Uh, Hannah, maybe what did you guys think? So I also, I have to um, have a little loyalty to my cousin, Chelsea Martin, um, aka Chili Master on TikTok. She is a little bit of a TikTok viral star. And um, 
she, you know, she thinks she does. She is being nice to Addison. I don't think that they are, you know, best friends, but she definitely could see that Addison could get fully into music. And she, when I asked her um, about Addison, she was like, of course she could become a pop star. Like most LA kids are doing that. And I realized she meant LA kids, like the LA TikTok crew, because she's kind of in the New York TikTok crew. Like I'm learning so much. But anyway, when I listened to this song, I didn't like it at all. And I found myself experiencing the song the way that pop music haters experience pop music more generally. And I was like, oh no, I can't do that. And what I mean is my reaction was, number one, she doesn't have talent. Number two, this is made by a machine. Number three, this was just created to make money, right? Like all of those things that we hear people say about the music that we love and that this entire like enterprise was created about loving. So I have to like check myself on that because, you know, we also did a whole episode about why it's sexist to hate pop music. Shout out. I thought that was a great app and how many of the, the thoughts that I just shared are really rooted in misogyny. So I have to name that and put that aside. So then instead of saying, I don't like it, I guess what I'll say is it's not my taste. Um, and she's a great dancer. Um, we'll kind of get into the, the, um, the privilege element that she has. She's a dancer first. So I thought it would be even catchier maybe because I guess because of that and that the dancing would be like more TikTokable than it was. Um, it fell flat to me. I'm not going to listen to it again. I just think that going back to our sexism and hating pop music episode of it all conversations we've had, I think that it is really easy to disprove that pop music doesn't take a lot of talent to do very well. And that is like sort of some of like the crux of what we were talking about in that episode. And it's also okay to acknowledge when there is a song that technically is within that genre genre and it like there are concrete reasons as to why um you had the criticisms you did just because they like just because like it at at first blush you're like making the same noises as those people are when they criticize pop music at large like doesn't mean it's the same thing or has the same level of credibility so I just want to say that um but also like she Sure. I mean, I think I would like it a little bit if the lyrics were completely different. That's what I originally thought. I There are some songs where it doesn't bother me at all that the lyrics don't make sense. Like, I want it that away. Hit me, baby, one more time. Like, these are Ma Max Martin songs where it's like, English is not his first language. And he didn't know all of the phrases he was using or how we use them in English. And that's totally fine. They're so catchy. doesn't matter. Sometimes it just like doesn't, I'm just like, why, why is this the lyric? She says like, I would die for me too. That makes no sense, no matter how you say it. Anyway, um, so I think I still wouldn't like it, but maybe if the lyrics were different, who knows? I agree with Becky that the comparison to Selena is an insult to Selena, but I see that they both sort of sing in this kind of like detached low-key register and um for me the comparison kind of ends there and it also kind of reminds me of our episode um on the real housewives and their pop music careers because again it's kind of like money buying people music careers 
with musical talent itself totally optional. And I know that, you know, I'm not saying that Addison is like the same as the Real Housewives, um, but I do think that there are are elements of of similarities in like the way that some of this music gets produced. Yeah, I think that's a very actually like pretty valid comparison. It almost seems like pop star is like what you become next when you've like maxed out of things. I do though, since she will be acting and he's all that, I'm interested to see what her acting is like. So we will have, we will hopefully have a front row seat to that in theaters upon its release. We will go in with an open mind because some people have specific talents and they don't need to be a triple threat. You know, that's a, she might be an amazing she might be the Meryl Streep of Gen Z, and we just don't know it yet. And we're waiting for that talent to be unleashed. But for now, her career as a pop star does not appear to be a one and done type thing. She said in a recent article with Vogue that she can't wait to tour. Um, so quoting the article, Ray hopes that her contributions to music can have a similarly evocative effect especially once she can perform live and she said getting on stage is such a huge part of being an artist it's going to be exciting to share something I've loved my entire life with the world and hopefully surprise people who didn't realize this was a part of who I am well that that sounds like a great sentiment if you ask me so of course we have to talk about Addison Ray is all sorts of problematic and we can put some of the blame onto TikTok for platforming an artist who steals dances from Black performers. So what do we mean specifically? Addison went on Jimmy Fallon, for an, as an example, to teach him a series of like TikTok dances. And of course, she and the show failed to credit the Black creators who actually choreographed the entire thing. Jimmy Fallon eventually apologized and even had the original creators on the show, which is the correct thing to do, but it only highlights this much larger problem with TikTok, which is that Addison Ray is a vessel of other people's creation who is celebrated and, of course, monetized. She's the one getting the exposure. She's the one getting the record deals and the fame. And she is not the only white TikTok-er who, like, when you put her dances side by side with Black creators absolutely pale in comparison like of course yes she has talent she is a good dancer but like if you ever watch have you done this like you watch the the like white girls doing the tiktok dances and then you watch the black women who created the dances and you're like oh my god like you shouldn't even try and then of course like she's getting all the money and and the benefit of the fact that tiktok is this place where like copying is not seen as negative it's seen as like you know leveling up and suddenly it just makes you wonder like okay you're talented but you're not a creator like you haven't done anything new yeah and tiktok also like decides what plays on the algorithm and what people seen and like what goes quote-unquote viral versus like what doesn't so i think it's very much to blame that it like literally keeps feeding these videos to people as opposed to centering others that's not to say it doesn't always center black creators but with Addison Ray, it's definitely in part to blame for uh, her success Addison though she's not the only one here there's also Dixie um oh my god I can never say her last name 
D'Amelio, Dixie D'Amelio, who's Charlie, you know, if you've ever been to Dunkin' Donuts, she has a fucking coffee line named after her too. But Dixie has a song that you've also probably heard that's equally kind of as bad as Addison's song um, called Happy or something like that. And I think that Dixie's going to keep performing. But Hannah's actually made me rethink sort of my, you know, as my hate for this and steeped in misogyny, maybe. Is it also just not a good song? Also true. Um, so I will be I will be grappling with those two feelings. So I guess the last thing that we should definitely talk about, um, because it happened earlier this week, um, or like mid-April or so, is that there was a bustle cover story, Addison Ray cover story and she was asked about her thoughts on the framing Britney Spears documentary and like basically she said you know that she can relate to having an overwhelming life in the public eye and hearing narratives about yourself that aren't true and having people involve themselves in your personal life etc and then there was like this massive backlash like many many people we're outraged by this sort of just extrapolating that Addison Rae thinks she's on the same level of fame and celebrity as Britney Spears. And like, how dare she say that, et cetera. Um, there were, you know, a lot of tweets as there always are, but this one sort of encapsulated it. Someone said a TikTok dancer comparing herself to the most impactful artist of the 21st century. You just can't make this up. I think people are making this up. Like I, <laughs> You know, you all know by now that I don't care for Addison Ray and I love Britney. And yet I think a lot of people are just like addicted to outrage posting and they do this all the time and they need to sort of chill. Um, you know, it's like, of course, she's not on the same level as Britney and it would be ridiculous of her to say that she was and she may someday. I don't know. But all she said is that she could relate in some ways and now suddenly it's like there's like no nuance to anything and it's like like we can relate to people and also not be just like them or claim to be just like them which is what I thought was going on she wasn't saying like true I am also as famous as Britney Spears and I would say like I don't know in conclusion I just think you know it makes sense I think like Becky you actually brought this to my attention because you knew I needed to see this article immediately but um you know I just think there are like plenty of other actual substantive things to outrage post about I'm not telling you to not do it but I don't know this isn't it um so I don't know I think I think we can like not love someone's music and not hold them in the same regard as other people whose art we do love and still be like we don't need to come for them just because they were asked a question and they related to someone we actually like in some way. You know what I mean? I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts on this? Yeah, she's also 20. So I take also like everything with a grain of salt because she's so young and she's been over, probably overexposed for so long. If she started her dance career at six, like dancing, dancing competitively that like she's had like 80 million careers since Ooh. she was 20. Yeah. That was just similar to Britney in a way too. 
Yeah, I think that like when I first heard this headline, which we've now debunked, I was like, Psh, no, like no comparison, you know. But um, when you, you know, show us the nuance as you just did, Mimi, I actually like not only do I think it's okay for her to say, I think it was awesome for her to say because not to make this a Britney Spears episode, but like plot twist, everything is either a Britney Spears episode or a Taylor Swift episode or a Hit Clips episode, whatever. Um, <laughs> we are who we are. I think that part of what is a problem when we have the Britney Spears of the world or in a different kind of vein, a Princess Diana of the world is that we think of their stories as so singular and not connected to like current dynamics that are going on in the world. And Addison Ray is saying like, I, well, well, I'm not gonna put words in her mouth, but maybe something she's saying or encouraging us to consider is I'm not at the level Britney Spears was in 1999. And even I can understand some of the stuff that was in this documentary. So can you maybe imagine how huge this must have been for her like I actually thought maybe it's a more it's a humanizing thing for her to say and I'm I'm kind of glad she said it but um hopefully she doesn't think that she is Britney Spears because she's not yeah she also said I think she also said um what we've been saying a lot too which is that you know she and people of this generation have more control in a sense because of social media than Britney did and part of that means of course she can't be Britney because that element is completely different now. So there we go. I have another question about TikTok that I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, so Olivia Rodrigo driver's license, you know, great song, obviously. I love and that Deja song. Vu. Love Deja Vu. I'm so into it. She had one of those New York Times diary of a song um episodes about driver's license have either of you watched it it's great i love those things okay i know you do i know i i love i love that shit um and she had this part where she kind of mentioned like you know we knew this part would sound good on tiktok and i was talking to someone about that who was a little bit like thinking that that made that choice of the like red light stop lights everything kind of breaking down like less authentic because she designed it for TikTok. And I'm kind of like, everything is always designed to be optimized. It's just right now what it is, is TikTok. But I don't know. What do you all think about like Olivia Rodrigo knowing that this song was going to be on TikTok? I don't think that's bad. I think previously artists would probably pick songs that they knew would be good closers for concerts, you know, or like songs I would play well in an arena or like, I think artists will continue and have been previously to make songs that are good for different mediums they'll just be a different medium in five years or there'll just be a different way for them to showcase their music that that doesn't bother me driver's license is actually a good song and olivia is actually extremely talented and also started a career singing so i didn't want to include her in this so i, I think that tiktok has aided her success but i don't think she chose to be a pop star after she went viral on TikTok. Though TikTok definitely helped. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's something I could change my mind on depending on like how many songs like that happen. But with that song and the concept in general, I think it's 
yeah, it's fine. It's just like, this is the medium now. People have been trying to create catchy songs where they like, in many cases, know what a lot of people's favorite part of the song is going to be, the part that they always sing. Or maybe there's like, you know, in rock music, maybe there's a solo or something. You know, it's just like, this happens in a lot of songs. And it doesn't discredit her for just using it in a different medium in a different way. I don't know. I think it's fine. We wish Olivia all the success. We do. And I think on that note, that's a wrap. Uh, Let us know what you think about this conversation. And as we mentioned earlier, only let us know what you're thinking about it on CastBox. And that's Android and iPhone users. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast there. And you can leave us comments and we can chat about the episode together, which what's more fun than that? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) See you on TikTok. Yeah. So you want you probably won't see us on TikTok because the algorithm doesn't favor us because we're older than 19. (laughs) Sad times for us. Catch you on Instagram where we can we know how to use. (laughs) I would love to DM you on Instagram. Send me TikToks on Instagram, please. Let's do that. Comfort zones.